0: You're listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Heather Dyer, Sarah Somasundaram, and Aaron Walker, for good food and some fun in the kitchen.
1: This episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation, proudly supporting community needs for 65 years. When you make a gift to the Calgary Foundation, it's a gift that keeps on giving. The Foundation's knowledgeable staff will provide advice on the community's most pressing needs, keeping your interests at heart, and helping you give back in a way that is meaningful for you.
2: Your contributions are invested in an endowment fund that provides a permanent source of funding, allowing you to make an impact now and forever. If you're a
0: professional advisor creating a giving plan for a client, or a donor wanting to give back to the community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org to learn more. Or check out Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to Three Kitchens. Today, I am your host, Erin Walker.
2: It's a nice morning. How are you? It's all right. Yep. I'm trying to muster up a bit of energy here. I have a Netflix recommendation, Oh, which is, uh, you know, that's kind of a little unusual because I never watch anything unless it's like the thing everybody's watching. But in this case, I kind of stumbled upon it. And I think you might be interested as well. It's called High on the Hog. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I just heard about this from yeah. somebody else. A chef that I follow, I think, posted it. And I was like, oh, I got to listen to that.
2: You got to watch it. It's a Netflix um, four part series. It traces the history and the influence of African food and cooking traditions on the African American and American cuisine in general. So, yes. like the food that slaves brought with them and their traditions that they carried on and taught their descendants, and then is now part of American cuisine. Nice. Really super interesting. It's part history, part travel, part food, um, part culture. Delicious. Food. Well, you know what? A lot of it is so unfamiliar to me. I've not been to the southern US. Oh, okay. I've never mm. eaten okra. I've never had grits. I've never like mm. I don't know what you guys, yeah. but a lot of this stuff is not I don't think I've ever eaten black-eyed peas. Mm. I've never had um what's that green that they always call collard greens? Right. Um a lot of it is um based with rice, certain kind of rice is gold Right. Um, um, yams a yam is not a yam I learned a, y- a yam. what we call a yam is not a yam and they showed the yams in Africa is it purple no they're orange but they're these humongous roots that are like the size of like an elephant leg like this giant hairy right. looking uh, yeah. fibrous root yeah really it's super interesting isn't what we have sweet potatoes I believe that that's a sweet potato and then there's the white varieties the orange varieties of that
0: I I don't know much about southern cooking and I haven't experienced any of that either and um and I got a cookbook out this week from the library uh by Sean Brock Mm -hmm. and it was published uh, I think in 2014 and it's called Heritage and I look through the cookbook and most of the stuff is extremely unfamiliar to me Most of the stuff I couldn't imagine where I would source the ingredients from. Mm -hmm. I look at the cookbook and all I want to do is just go and eat. I want to go to Charleston and I want to go experience, you know, that food and the fresh um, seafood and all the things that we just don't have access to. I don't think I've ever picked up a cookbook and wanted to go somewhere so bad No, (laughs) because it's it sounds amazing. And I know I can't recreate it in my home.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what, what we might think of as Southern American cooking mm-hmm. is African American. That's interesting. And yeah. African in origin. Yeah, truly. So yeah, I found it really interesting. It's it's moving it, because of the history. Um, yeah. It's uplifting as well with the whole the culture. They're just, you know, there's a lot of celebration around the food. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend right. you check it out. It's quick. It's four episodes. Oh, I can't wait to go watch that. Thank you, Heather, for that
0: recommendation. So what are we doing at Three Kitchens today? I am excited by the fact that we have some spring crops coming up in our garden. Mm -hmm. My spinach has been doing well in the weather that we've had. I have an ample supply. And so I'm going to make some spinach pasta.
2: Oh, yummy.
0: When I was a teenager, I had a friend whose mom would buy like the package of spaghetti that was spinach flavored. And I used to just love that. i had never had it before. So I have a friend named Sarah who bought this cookbook all about making pasta. (laughs) And like any good friend, um, she's lent it to me before she's even had a chance to test it out. That's right. (laughs) thank you for buying this cookbook.
1: (laughs) You can always rely on me (laughs) to buy cookbooks. I will return it. (laughs) No worries.
0: It's a cookbook called Pasta, Pretty Please. And it's by Linda Miller Nicholson. And we also follow her on Instagram at Salty Seattle. And she makes this amazing, vibrant, brightly colored pasta dough that is just such a work of art. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was scrolling through her Instagram and like every other one I was like oh you gotta look at this you gotta look at that
1: (laughs) but more importantly she does it with natural ingredients
0: yes and the fact that she gets these amazing colors using all natural ingredients is just I I don't even know yeah Mm -hmm. you have to go online and check her out it it
1: really Um, is a treat Yes. The
2: shapes and the designs and like argyle patterns with pasta, like <clears throat> multicolored argyle. Like what the, I yeah. don't know how she makes this stuff. Yeah, it's wild. It's for incredible. Sure. Yeah. Incredible.
0: It's absolutely gorgeous. And, and the photography that she does is just beautiful. So she has a recipe for a dark green pasta in here that uses leafy greens. I'm going to take my spinach and hopefully turn it into some brightly colored pasta Mm -hmm. well
2: nice and maybe when you get good at this you can also use all your bountiful beets and make beet colored pasta and then you've got the green and the red and you can make argyle or checkered or
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'll make Christmas colored pasta because I'll have red and I'll have
2: we look forward to you
0: <laughs> so I don't think mine is going to be as beautiful as hers and it's probably I'm not going to be smiling as much as
2: I do it <laughs> it might involve some some creative language so can you tell us how spinach is prepared to go into dough yeah So this is one of the things that
0: I hope will really help out is her um, grasp on making pasta and all these different techniques about making pasta that I had no idea until I picked up her book. You're going to want to bring a large amount of water to boil and add salt and baking soda to it. And then you're going to put your greens in it and you want to blanch it for like 15 seconds. So a really quick, hot dunk. And then you want to strain it and press out the water.
1: What does the baking soda... I have no idea. She does not explain you know what? That. I just learned this with Chinese okay. cooking and now I can't Ooh. remember. So I'm going to have to oh. look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I assume that it maybe neutralizes the waters or makes it basic. These are all my guesses.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'd have a better guess than me. At least you know the science around it. I'm like, does it keep the green color better? Or like, I don't know.
0: I have no idea. No. I just looked it up. Okay. Sarah, please, please educate us because this is where I didn't go. By
1: adding baking soda, you make the water alkaline, which preserves the compound called chlorophyll, which gives the vegetables a greener tone.
2: Aha, we were both right. It's like they work together.
1: Ding, ding. (laughs) Nice. See, we can just figure this. We'll just pretend
0: we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Bake it till you make it, right? Just edit
2: Sarah's (laughs) part out. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right so you blanch your leaves and then you want to press out the water and then you want to put it into a blender or I'm going to use my food processor and you want to puree your leafy greens at a low speed with the eggs to combine
1: it until it's a smooth until your puree is smooth smooth Hmm. puree so why are you using a food processor for this because because I don't have a blender. My food processor will, will work fine okay. for that. It's just a little guy. Oh, so it okay. It should work just fine. It's okay. just
0: one of the little ones. And then you take out this puree that you've made and you want to strain it through a fine mesh sieve over a bowl and make sure that you get all the graininess out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you should end up with a cup of this green eggy puree that you've created so once you have this puree you're going to add it to your flour that is conveniently in your stand mixer because she makes this for people who want to use their stand mixer (laughs) she's got all the instructions that's why we like her make it a little bit easier and you just want to mix it all together knead it she says for three minutes for three minutes either by hand or using your mixer and then you cover your ball of dough in plastic wrap and let it rest at room temperature for 30 minutes. So, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. The flour that I have gone out and sourced from our local uh, Italian market, Lina's, I've got some double zero pasta flour. Mm-hmm. And so in her book, she talks about what type of flour to use. You could either use, um, a double zero pasta flour or just an all purpose flour that has low protein. Hmm. You know, I mean, if you're doing this lot, go and get the best that you can. Otherwise you'll be fine with what you've, you've got. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, she talks about after you've let it rest for 30 minutes, you go through a process called sheeting pasta. And this is something I have never heard of before. I never, I've I've tried making pasta before. Um, I've used recipes from different websites and whatnot. And it's never explained this step that she's included in her book. Have you guys heard of this before? Sheeting
2: pasta? No, but what's the description of it?
0: Once you've got your dough, it's rested. You divide it in half so that it's easier to work with. She said once you get more experienced, you'll probably be able to work with a full ball of dough. But, you know, divide it in half, make it easy on yourself, which is really good for Um, a pasta virgin, as she calls me. (laughs) (laughs) After you've made this pasta dough, you're going to want to roll it out. And then you're going to want to put it through your pasta bike or your pasta machine multiple times. So you're putting it through on the widest setting, you're folding it, and then you're putting it at the widest setting. And then you're putting it at the third widest setting, and then you're folding it and you do this multiple times where you're folding it and smooshing it through your machine. She calls it laminating the dough to develop strength and elasticity. Mm. Okay. I'm
2: pretty sure I did that when I, I mean, my one and only pasta experience when I made the um, egg noodles from the French cookbook. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that, but it wasn't called sheeting. The mm-hmm. word wasn't used, but okay. in the steps it was like, You're folding it in half, you're running it through, you're folding it in half. Like there were details like that. I just didn't know it was called sheeting. Okay. And I've never been, I've never read Hmm. that in a recipe before. She says to
0: repeat this three times and then you can roll it out to your desired level of thickness. I'm going to make a really complicated shape, I'm going with fettuccine. Right. My yeah. pasta maker has the little wheels that cut it for me in the width that I want. Fettuccine, she says, don't go thinner than the second thinnest setting if you are a pasta making virgin. Hmm. Um, I will not be going thinner than the second thinnest setting <laughs> as per her advice. It says, hang it to rest for 30 minutes until it feels leathery and then form it into little nests. So that you can plunge them into boiling water. And they can sit refrigerated for up to three days, and uh, it should cook in two to three minutes. And then I've got a recipe. So one of the first cookbooks that I ever got was this Better Homes and Gardens, the new cookbook. And it's one of those jack of all recipes cookbooks. It's got everything from cooking basics and what you should have in your kitchen breads to cookies to eggs and shellfish meat pasta pies poultry vegetables it's got everything mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a jack-, jack of all trades yeah it's had some great recipes in it that still survive to this day in my kitchen that you know the family likes we like um and so they've got a recipe in here for a trattoria style spinach fettuccine okay, okay. so it's got fresh tomatoes, sun dried tomatoes, and feta cheese.
1: So it's a really basic. Oh, but it sounds so good. I mean, I want this to be tasty and simple. Sounds good. And it's and so appropriate for uh, spring, like spring flavors, right? All you know, your produce and everything just being put right into a dish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to harvest my spinach out of the garden. I've got my flour and and I'm hoping to get this all whipped together and see if I can recreate that delicious spinach noodle flavor that I love so much. Ooh, exciting. I'm
1: excited. Excellent. Are you sure you don't want to make complicated shapes? <laughs> Not going to go really there thought yet. You we're
2: going to do like a ravioli and like stuff it with something and I'll, I'll get there eventually. I, I do have hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I do know that I need to return this cookbook to Sarah, who is so generously oh, lending me. Take your me.
1: time. Take your time.
0: <laughs> and uh, in exchange, could I have my pasta
2: maker back?
1: Yes, it's in the car <laughs> waiting. Yay! to. Uh,
2: I was going to say, listen, Sarah <gasps> you can't do anything with that book without your pasta maker. So you have some leverage. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, come back in a few and we'll see
0: how this goes. Great. Good luck. Sounds good. Exciting. When shopping for flour, it's important to look at the protein content. Higher protein flour is for a long fermentation dough like pizza or sourdough. A low protein flour is better for smooth, thin, delicate doughs like pasta and bao. Happy shopping! Today's episode of Three Kitchens is sponsored by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans with Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a pod power shout
2: out to Book Woman. Book Woman is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy.
1: Guests include Indigenous stories from diverse mediums, like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca.
2: Welcome back, everybody. (laughs) We had green pasta. Green pasta.
1: Tell us all about it, Erin.
2: I
0: had a lot of fun making this pasta. So I harvested my spinach out of the garden. Nice. And uh, blanched it quickly in the baking soda salt bath.
2: Oh, right. Stove. I forgot about the baking soda part. Mm.
0: It was a nice, bright green once it came out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She recommends pureeing it with the eggs and then straining it. My spinach from the garden was just so delicate and it just like there was no stringiness in it. You know how sometimes oh, okay. you can get yeah. that coarseness that you sometimes find in leafy vegetables in some of the leafy greens I had no problem with that with my spinach because it was just so beautiful out of the garden fresh like that (laughs) it's like butter when it when you Mm. you know it is just so delicious and so when I pureed it with the eggs I didn't have to strain it at all so once I mixed together and got this beautiful bright green mixture I had about three quarters of a cup of liquid to add to my flour and because it was supposed to be about a cup so I tried adding it in and I only used two cups of the pasta flour rather than the two and a quarter cup that she recommends it wasn't enough still my pasta dough was like dry and crumbly and I was like oh "Oh, this isn't right this is not going this is not going how I want it to yeah I just cracked another egg added it in and then it was fine okay Hmm. That's good. So I was panicking at this point being like, why is this already failing? <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I opened up another book that I had that talks about how to make pasta. For the flour proportion she was recommending, this book recommended three eggs. So egg size isn't an exact science. Yeah. So maybe she just gets uh, bigger eggs. Does she give weight measurements? She yeah, does not give weight uh. measurements. That is a good question. And so... I really loved this pasta, but I would say, I don't know if this recipe itself worked out for me. Right.
2: Oh, interesting. So I
0: kind of had to, I I was scrambling in the first minutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How am I going to make this dough? But uh, I kept going, found another recipe to reference and just followed the rest of her instructions. So once I got my dough, it uh, sat for 30 minutes, covered up in plastic wrap just to let it rest once it all came together. And then I started this sheeting pasta process through my pasta maker.
1: So do any of her recipes have weight measurements or no? So none of the recipes have weight measurements. I think it's unfortunate that she doesn't have weight measurements because that has always been an issue for me like when we were making pizza dough I think we spoke Mm -hmm. about this yeah Um, weight measurements really help out when you're trying something especially for the first time and you can't understand Mm -hmm. what texture or consistency
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: for sure yeah
0: and I mean if you're getting fresh flour because you live in Italy I assume that Mm -hmm. the moisture content there different If you live down at sea level, if you live up high like us, you know, Mm -hmm. all those different things make a huge difference in how our doughs come together. And so I have always just measured things by cups and never had an issue. But now that we're doing more challenging things, Mm -hmm. now I'm starting to notice that like, yeah,
1: I actually want things in weight. Especially the first time, right? I mean, maybe the second time you'll kind of understand what it has to look like and then Mm -hmm. you can kind of MacGyver it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. till then. The
0: thing that helped me was that she said it should be like Play-Doh. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. I have Play-Doh making yeah. experience.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I guess you referred to another recipe, but do you think you could have added water to get that consistency or would it have hmm. had to be another egg?
0: I have, you know, I didn't really consider I didn't really think too much. I just said, "Oh my goodness, this isn't really working out. I wonder what I need." And I Panic knew I mode. had a pasta recipe in this mm. other book.
1: Right. And mm-hmm. so I
0: just I it was my Cook's Tour of Italy that I made my focaccia bread from. His recipes are are fairly well dumbed down for the home chef because right. His recipe was like, yeah, you can make this out of all purpose flour. Don't worry about getting special flour. Like his is Hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. more forgiving. Maybe he said, if you want to make pasta, here's one egg, this much flour, two eggs, this much flour, three eggs, you know, here's my rule of thumb. And so his rule of thumb is one egg for every three quarter cup of flour. So for two and a quarter cup of flour, oh, okay. three eggs.
1: Okay.
2: Right.
0: That's, that was where I went with it. I just, I kind of just opened up my next resource and went. <laughs> Great. Good idea.
2: I wonder too, if, because the kinds of things she's, I keep just saying she, cause I can't remember her name, but. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Linda Miller Nicholson. Linda. Linda. So the things that Linda, Hi, Linda. is making. <laughs> I'm sure Linda's listening and I'm telling (laughs) Linda, she makes some crazy creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about making pasta, but I'm guessing hers is very specific to what she does.
0: Yes. I I would assume so.
2: And where she lives, you know, she's down there at sea level.
0: We know she's at (laughs) sea level. So, yeah. And she's also getting her eggs from her <clears throat> sh- chickens
2: <laughs> why are you shushing her chickens I, I shush her chickens because she shushes
0: her own chickens in this book because it sounds like she lives on a property where she's allowed um companion animals and oh. her oh.
2: 20 <laughs> 30 40 sh- it's oh, how funny that she would then write about it. She writes that about her, the her chicken companions. Her illegal chickens.
0: <laughs> we're, we're ratting out poor Linda here. But oh, she, Linda.
1: she's pretty You in rebel. Print. She's such a rebel. And I love her sense of humor. She's just yes. such a funny person in this book.
0: So uh, her, maybe her eggs, I mean, I'm assuming hmm? farm fresh eggs are way different. Actually, I don't have to assume. I have had farm fresh eggs before large eggs are going to be totally different than what we're getting from a box.
2: It would depend what kind of hens you've got. Right. Oh, yes. Like we get eggs from mm. a friend's farm occasionally, and they're quite small. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. super tasty. And those yolks are like Yellow vibrant. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: But they're, they're, t- they're little eggs. I imagine they're whatever kind of chicken it is makes yeah. little eggs, right? You'd yeah. never call them a large egg. I wouldn't know how to measure with those. And I would assume
0: like water content would be different too, depending Mm -hmm. on like how happy and healthy your chickens are. You know, it it wasn't exactly, it didn't work as per the recipe, but you know, just adding one more egg to kind of get that consistency. You know what, Sarah, I think you totally could have added water too. Yeah. And so easy, basic recipe. You had your eggs that had your spinach mixed into it. Mm -hmm. You had your flour and that was it. No salt. No salt.
2: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
0: Uh, So then to sheet the pasta using your pasta maker was a, I think, super helpful step because I've never had the pasta dough this beautiful before, mm-hmm. like playing with this and putting it through the sheeter. And like, just as I felt like I got this method down, I was done. Ah. <laughs> I yeah. played with all my dough. So I yeah. definitely cannot wait to like get back at this again and make something different, something new whatever, just something to play with the pasta maker (laughs) really at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So the whole process of like folding it and sending it through the pasta wheels so that it kind of, it makes it stronger. It makes it more elastic. I don't know if I followed her steps exactly because I was like, ah, you just, you know, you fold it, you send it through, you fold it up again, you send it through. And Mm -hmm. so I just kind of did that. I think she recommends five or six times to go through Mm -hmm. it just to get it for it to all come together. And it just, it was so much fun.
1: (laughs) Did you keep folding it so that it was like a perfect rectangle or something? It
0: never was a perfect rectangle. Um, Okay. She, from her pictures, clearly has this art down to a uh, science. Okay. <laughs> she has done this enough times that you know she knows exactly how to get it perfectly square, mm-hmm. or
2: or she trims it, or for she the pictures. trims it for the pictures. <laughs> Come on, now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The first time I folded it in half and kind of ran it through, and then I was folding it into thirds lengthwise. Okay. holding it and it was a long piece of dough and at first I was kind of awkward about using it so when I did my first half of batch I was like oh I think I got to cut this into smaller pieces so that it's easier to handle oh I was totally wrong doing that I realized that cutting it Mm. into more pieces was actually harder (laughs) because then you had to feed it through in all these little pieces and it just took me figuring out how to hold the dough that I'm feeding through as I crank it And then move the dough once I've cranked some and then pick it up again and fold it
1: yeah Yeah. that that is a challenge yeah
0: you know pick up enough to feed through like five cranks and then move your dough that's already gone through and then feed it through again and so it kind of
1: it just takes a second to come up with I guess a routine right right. it's like
0: trying to dance for the first time I felt like I was making pasta with two left hands
2: (laughs) or you need a helper
0: you needed a little helper to hold
2: the dough coming out no no (laughs) I don't mean necessarily children just somebody to help you Actually, when you a when little I, helper I was like uh-uh. I just met well then they start I on just...
0: the crank and it's back and forth and then no. oh no no, no, no.
1: sorry <laughs> when I made the wonton wrappers with your yeah. pasta maker that's who I, I had two little helpers that helped ah. hold the other side
0: <laughs> so I found if I did like five cranks and then just kind of picked up around the pasta maker and moved it down mm-hmm. right, right and then did five more cranks and then moved it down and then right. You know how there's like a hole in your pasta maker underneath of the crank?
2: Mm-hmm. You can just yeah. take your
0: dough and move it right through and then it's ready to crank at your next level. And oh, after nice. you've done your nice. big long thing and you've got your yeah. stack of dough over here, as long as it's floured and not sticking, you can just kind of through the pasta maker to the other side and then go through again. So there you go. You know, once I started getting the technique down and feeling more comfortable using it and, and not feeling like I had two left hands, it was really quite easy to do so I rolled it out cut it into my fettuccine strips just okay. like she recommended because I am a pasta virgin I only went down to the second thinnest setting on my pasta maker and then I cut my pasta using I mean it's a little attachment that goes on there Great, it works yeah. just like the roller and all
1: you do is just it's such a good machine I love that
0: Yeah. So then I took it and hung it as she suggested. She said, there's all these beautiful things you can do with wooden dowels and having little pasta hanging things. I don't have time for that. So... (laughs) I'm not building a whole pasta drying land. You know, I didn't know how this was going to go. So the quick and dirty way to do this is take your wooden spoon and balance it on the backs of two chairs that you've turned back to back to each other. And you make your little pasta drying rack that way.
2: Mm -hmm. If you're not a newbie, a virgin, you could make it thinner. Is she just suggesting that you need more practice before you go to the thinnest setting? I think so. Yeah, because when
0: it's really thin like that, it's quite challenging to work with, to touch it and hold it. Thank <laughs> And I think the longer you hold on to it too, it thins out in areas because you're touching it.
2: Because your hands are warm and oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You
0: know, and I'm assuming that she also to make all of the beautiful creations that she does, you know, certain things want a thinner dough. Uh Anyway, I I went down to that second thickest setting. I think I would have gone thicker. I think I would have liked a meatier fettuccine because fettuccine is kind of a thick, meaty noodle. Like I liked Mm -hmm. it as it was, but I felt like I would have maybe stopped one setting before that. Personally, for myself, I would try it next time I make fettuccine. I would try it on a thicker setting. Once it dried on my little pasta apparatus that I had set up on my chairs, I just kind of, I picked it up. And after 30 minutes in our climate, it almost crumbled and crunched in half oh because it's really dry here because it dried really quickly and I was mm. like oh boy wow. maybe that was too long so then the second batch that I did I just let it dry for about 15 or 20 minutes and then it was much more malleable and I could mm. I just kind of grabbed it from the middle and wrapped it around my fingers and and stuck it down on a on a sheet to make the little nest.
2: so the purpose of drying
0: it is what is just I think so so that it doesn't stick together and you want it to dry and she says become leathery feeling just making sure it doesn't get
2: too so it doesn't cook in a clump or like
1: yeah I think so at, so at what point do you coat it in flour or do you uh you keep flouring it as you go okay hmm. So every time you
0: passed it through the pasta maker,
1: you flour it. Oh, okay. all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another way of keeping it from sticking as well, right? That's another yeah technique.
0: I think it must change the outside of it too by making it drier on the outside. Right. 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 Like you kind of mm-hmm. want it to be kind of dry before it hits the water, mm-hmm. even though it's fresh. Yep. Right. So mm-hmm. by putting so that l- flour on. Yeah, you're helping it dry, I think, faster as
2: well, right? And then it holds its shape instead of just sort of instead of breaking crumbling. down.
0: Yeah,
1: so interesting. Yeah, so interesting.
0: I mean, I couldn't tell you all the science behind it because I really didn't do any research on that. All I know is the techniques I used worked. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey, that's okay. <laughs> that's the stuff to share. So <laughs> you don't have to be a scientist in every single thing you do, Aaron. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> Take a day off. <laughs> okay, thank you. I will.
0: <laughs> I flowered it as I made it into my little nests as well. Because oh, you did? I just, okay. I, it was going to sit overnight for you guys before mm-hmm. I gave it to you. And it was going to sit in the fridge for a few hours before I, I made it. And so I thought, I'm just going to sprinkle a little bit of flour on this because I'm not really sure. And that seemed like a safe bet to keep it from clumping and sticking.
2: Well, it seemed to work because what you gave to us, was not stuck together. Excellent. Yeah. I was hoping it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then, and I mentioned this to you when you cooked it up, that you want the water that you're going to cook your pasta in as salty as the sea. She says that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But ah. instead of just saying as salty as the sea, she tells a story about imagining a mermaid and a mermaid's salty breast. And if you were <laughs> to put your mouth she's so funny um, the salty mermaid's breast <laughs> oh, what would that God. taste like and that's how your pasta water should taste
1: oh my like, never God, going that's... to look at pasta water the same way again no. <laughs> no pasta
0: waters and salty
1: boobs is just all you're gonna
2: think about <laughs> wow that's an that's a mental image so there all. you go thank you linda for that
1: <laughs> that's awesome she's so funny <laughs>
0: She was so funny. All the little things that I read about in this book, it just, (laughs) (laughs) so because she has no salt in the dough recipe, you definitely Mm -hmm. want Mm. really salty water to cook your pasta in or else it's going to taste like nothing. And so the sauce that I paired with uh, my pasta was this Trattoria style spinach fettuccine that I got from my Better Homes and Garden cookbook. It has a chopped shallot or green onion. I had shallots from the grocery store, so I was able to use them. So I was excited for that. It's nice when something's in season and you get (laughs) what you want in the recipe. Olive oil, tomatoes, uh, one carrot, finely diced, and sun-dried tomatoes. Mm. So you fry that all up together. You just pop this on top of your spinach pasta, and then you crumble a little bit of feta cheese on top.
2: Mm. Quick,
0: easy, fast, delicious. I've never made this Mm -hmm. sauce before, but it's, you know, wow, what a tasty little easy, quick sauce to put together with the pasta that I would say cooked up in two minutes maybe less, maybe less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I made it with dinner, I was like, I think I actually overcooked this a bit. And so I had a little bit left over. And the next day, I boiled it for a little bit shorter. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I definitely overcooked it a bit. So I had never boiled fresh pasta like that before. And so I had no idea really what I was looking for for my end point. And I I went yeah. over it a little bit It was a little bit mushy when we ate it for dinner, but still delicious. So I sent you guys some pasta i want to know what
1: you thought so yeah i think it was a minute to cook it and i i had i wasn't feeling very well this weekend because i got a little bit of a reaction from my vaccination mm-hmm. so i wanted to make some nice sauce for it but i had made a um, like a chicken broth oh yeah for a noodle soup dish. And so I used that with the fettuccine that you made. Oh, it was delicious. Uh, oh, very good. eggy. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It was very,
1: I really enjoyed that. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know if I even went past a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. And and very inspiring because I haven't opened that book for a good reason because I don't want to get obsessed with something new again. <laughs> but it was, yeah, definitely worth it.
0: You're going to be the one that can take the beautiful dough And make it into pretty things. I can tell you right now, I will be doing none of the pretty stuff. (laughs) I love making the dough. I do not have the patience to then be like, oh, and now I'm going to put an emoji on my ravioli. No, (laughs) not me not happening. (laughs) Don't think I can do it. But I love the beautiful colors in the dough. And I'll do that again,
1: for sure. I mean, like, how long did you spend on making this pasta? It wasn't active. You weren't actively there the whole time, right? I mean, you had drying time where you could walk away from it. And
0: Mm, while it dried, I was making the second batch, I had not much time to make it because it was my grocery shopping day. And so I think I got home and started this at 12, including that 30 minutes where it had to sit, like I was out of the door at 2.15.
1: See, that's not bad. That That's, that's pretty good for a fresh pasta. Right? I was boogieing. It was very good, Erin. Good job. I would also like
2: to say that I thought it tasted good. Listen, dear listeners, <laughs> it is sometimes difficult to get a word in <laughs> with these two. Do not edit this out, Erin. <laughs> Because I know you will. <laughs> and sometimes I just sit here and wait for my turn and it doesn't come. And the topic goes off some other direction. And I'm still waiting to say, I thought it tasted good. Okay, Heather. You were gonna uh, give you
1: your time.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tell, Tell me. Sure, sure. Tell me all I'll of that. Shut it. up okay. now. <laughs> Listen, you two. I just need to be more, I just need to butt in there more. <laughs> um <laughs> I had it like a pre-dinner dinner. I didn't mm. share it with anybody. I just made it for myself while while I was making dinner for the family. Perfect. <laughs> and I just kind of wanted to taste the pasta itself. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I'll just do like butter and pepper, like just have a basic butter noodles. But I had a small like quarter of a, I hate to say it because everyone's sick of hearing it, but a salted lemon mm-hmm. <laughs> in my fridge. <laughs> So I just chopped that up and like tossed it with my noodles. It was so good. So good. So if anyone's looking for another way to have salted lemons, make yourself some spinach pasta, put some salted lemons in there. I also did that. And it was so silky. Like, oh, the texture
0: of it was the coolest part. I was like, yeah. I've never had pasta mm-hmm. that felt
2: like this. It was yeah. silky and yeah. like like you barely had to chew it. It was just sort of it's like right. That's right. like yeah. melty, like I don't know. It was so good. And I hardly cooked it. Like I put it in the water and then I was like, this looks done already. Like I it was so yeah. fast. Yeah, so it fast. cooked up
1: so quick. I liked the thickness of it. I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, Heather? What do yeah. you think? I thought so too, but <laughs> cuz I feel like I'm talking too much.
2: Listen, the guilt trip I just laid on you, guys. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. I've perfected that. My mom taught me how to do that. Uh, <laughs> I also thought it was a good thickness. But I see what you mean about want, maybe wanting it just a little bit more to chew. Because the sauce... It was a bit of a meatier, chunkier sauce.
0: And so I think in order for the sauce that I made, I would have gone for a chunkier
1: pasta. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: When I had that extra stuff, when I wanted to like cook it up, I also made it with the salted lemons. I put butter (laughs) and some lemon juice in there and just num, num, num. For that, the thin, really fine noodle. Perfect. If you're just going to do a simple um, sauce like that, I would say the thinner, the better.
2: Yeah. Really good, Erin. I I I really had fun with this.
0: Thank you, Sarah, Mm -hmm. for letting me steal your new cookbook. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for using it. (laughs) Check her out on Instagram. She's um, at Salty Seattle and uh, she's hilarious her reading through this book is so funny, so much yeah. fun. I mean, she definitely has more patience than me. I will never make the argyle <sighs> pasta. You will never see emojis on my ravioli. You can make all these things without making them so cute, and they'll be delicious.
1: And she looks so happy doing it. That's <laughs> what I never understand about these people. I never look happy when I'm making these things. <laughs> and yet you keep doing it. So. Yes, I do. Mystery. I'll pass it off to you to
0: make the cute stuff, Sarah.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, Erin. Till next time.
0: Bye. 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 Sorry, Heather, did you want to take us out instead?
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> did
2: I? <laughs> no. <laughs> And now for the fine print. You can find recipe information and photos on Instagram and Facebook at 3 Podcast. Why don't you leave us a comment? Give us ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you like and subscribe and follow, all of those things help other people find us. Those noodles are really green.